Go ahead. You go first. Welcome back to the Oyo Good to see you again, Stephen. Wonderful to see you to my left. Hailing from Detroit, Michigan. Yes. Cannon. Um, by the way, we should we should mention this. Yeah. Someone's joining us now in the dojo. Pretty regularly. Yeah, pretty regularly. We love him so much. Yeah. Um, he he came is in now, as a guest. Came in as a guest. Yeah. We had Taste of Chicago twice. We've yep. had some deep dish, some, some Chicago <laughs> dog. <laughs> and we said, you know what? We have a blast with you. Would yeah. you like to join us in the dojo? So yeah. the dojo was two. Now it is three. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people would say... Maybe the dojo is jumping the shark, kind of like when Cousin Oliver came onto the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Anytime you add somebody to the dynamic, yeah. it's going away. But I would like to think the show's becoming stronger and not softer. That's right. Mr. Patrick Keene. Yes. Thank you. Thank Citizen Keene. He will guys. be called our Cousin Oliver of the dojo. <laughs> cousin uh, Oliver yes. of the dojo. So, Keene, if we're yeah. on the dojo, yeah. we got to do the official intro. Welcome to the gentlemen's, and then you guys come into the dojo. Or, or you say I say gentlemen's, and I'll, I'll round it out with the dojo. Yeah, yeah. This okay. is something we should probably practice. Yeah, right but you know what? Studio Since space. it's all three, we should prick our fingers in front of a fireplace, mix blood, and yeah. welcome <laughs> to the gentlemen, dojo. Perfect. Nailed it. That was great. Very smooth. Very smooth. <laughs> well, it looks like Patrick won't be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Patrick is joining us. We had so much fun with him a couple of weeks ago. And I will say this to you. Oh, boy. We have some great shows coming up here on the dojo. We do. Do we not? We do. Some Corey Feldman's coming up. Corey Feldman. We have Howie Mandel coming up. Did we I mention Corey Feldman? Yeah. Well, you, just, you <laughs> well, guys That's him. my get. Yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. get. Howie Mandel, my get. Ryan Dalton, your get. Please. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you're, you're fucking mechanic. Your get, okay? <laughs> Dog walkers, your get. Um, just real quick, let's get this yes. out of the way and get to our guest, because we do not want to ignore him. Uh, this Friday, showtime, 9 o'clock Eastern. My new hour special, Tell the Jam, Tell the Damn Joke, will premiere. Um, if you don't have Showtime, you can go to Showtime, go to the website. You can get a 30-day free trial and sign up for it. Oh, really? Yeah. Anybody know how much HBO costs? Isn't it just $20? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Bombing. Your buddy David was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. All right. So joining us today in the dojo. Uh, and by the way, let me writer. just say yeah, this. Yeah, I was ahead. there for the special. It's great. A year Thank in the you. making. Finally now hitting Showtime this Friday. Where'd you tape it? Uh, Chicago, yep. Lincoln Hall Theater. Uh, Gary did the warm-up. Yep. Along with uh, Gareth Reynolds did one show, and oh, Bill nice. Crawford did the other show, yep. the audience warm-up. Thank you again for doing the warm-up. Of course. You did the warm-up for my third one, too. And yes. Colin Jost did the warm-up on my third one in New York City, which brings us to our next guest, because that's how I met him. Yes. Via Colin Jost. Great writer. Uh, writing now on another period on Comedy Central. Mr. Dave Parker, everybody. Yeah. Harvard graduate. Harvard graduate yeah. and former Lampoon staff writer, David Parker. I, I feel absolutely awful. You and I both went to Mac schools. That's very embarrassing. I mean, David. It's embarrassing, could, yeah. David could pick up a free degree at Kent or Central <laughs> just by showing his degree. Just show up at the admissions department and be like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'll take one of those too." Yeah, he, he yeah, he'd There's be a like big reciprocal degree program. <laughs> you just go and pick it up. Wherever I didn't even have a good degree at Central. Like, not even like a, a great like biz or something good. What was your degree in at Kent? Theater. Yeah, I mean garbage. Yeah, it's garbage. Yeah. yeah. Pick one up at the 76 station on Sunset. Yeah, on the way out there, on the way out there is a recycling bin. Uh, David, got to ask you, you're from Brooklyn. That's right, yes. Did you always know this is what you're going to end up doing? I mean, did you think of dabbling in stand-up as so many folks do or going into sketch or improv, or is it just always pen to paper? You know, I, 
I think, yeah, more of myself as a writer than certainly a performer. I never, you know, I, I think the, the thought enters your mind. Anybody who works in comedy, you see performers that, you know. You look at me when you say that. Yeah, I look Anybody at me when you say that. Yeah, sorry. I've got, I've got a, a Steve Byrne vision board. Yeah. Correct, correct. It's like now basically half my garage. Yeah. Like I park on the street uh, just, to, just to keep up with it. Um, you know, I I think being a writer was always sort of g- going to be the path for me. Mm-hmm. I never thought I would leave New York. That, you know, that was being out here is sort of more the surprising aspect of it for me because, you know, I'm, my whole family was in Brooklyn. My whole family is from Brooklyn. Uh, I, I just never thought I would leave. And here I am. Were those the intentions, though, when you went, because you went to Harvard. Yes. Um, were those the intentions to go to Harvard and become a writer there or w- did you know what you were going to do or study when you, you know, left the truth is I didn't uh, I didn't even really know that comedy writer was a job right you, know, you don't even really think about it you know that TV shows and movies come from somewhere mm-hmm. but you never think that there's like a guy in like jeans a button-down shirt and a hooded sweatshirt you know, <laughs> right, right, yeah right. at a coffee shop at this right. very moment writing it uh, or whatever it is you know right um, so, you know, I, I knew a little bit about the Lampoon before I'd gone to Harvard. Um, I'd always been a fan of comedy, watched a lot of TV, uh, my entire childhood and yeah. <laughs> adolescence. Um, so, you know, I knew that that was something I was interested in, but not, not so much as a, a path to a career as something that just seemed like a cool thing to do, to write comedy for this old magazine. Yeah. So our good friend... Will Burke uh, told us he went through, I think, three different stages in terms of, quote unquote, submitting and auditioning and getting mm-hmm. notes, and then finally making it to the final round at the Lampoon and getting rejected. His and senior year, right, because London not his a lot senior of seniors, year, that's right, yeah. So it was tricky. Cause... So he kind of came in at the last minute, but I mean, you, and it, it was definitely something you could tell he, he, he wished he had done Started a little sooner, earlier, yeah, yeah. Being more aware. I mean, the... The tentacles of the Lampoon stretch everywhere, from The Simpsons to SNL to Letterman to everywhere. What is it like to have? Did you? I mean, is there that? Because you're young at the time. Are you just naive, not thinking about it? Uh, you know how grandiose and the scale of the Lampoon is, or is it better to go into a kind of naive and not having the pressure of all those other shows weighing on you? I think it's it's uh, best to go in just wanting to write funny comedy pieces and you know you're aware of the history and sort of the alumni but I I think you know you're you're 19 or 20 Mm -hmm. you know you don't want to go in in like a careerist way right at least that was certainly the culture of it when I was there and I think the culture of the, the place has probably changed in different periods and I think you know for my experience it was a lot about the Lampoon was a reaction to the way that Harvard more broadly existed as a very careerist, super ambitious, you know, people, kids getting there when they're 17, 18, already knowing what they're going to do for their first summer internship, already knowing what their path is going to be, and sort of having a place in that community, on that campus, that's different. Right. It's it's fascinating because Harvard, so many people that go there, they're they're probably in high school most likely to succeed, not m- most humorous, and and yeah. Lampoon, you have the smartest, b- 
being funny, which is kind of that's it's intelligence that drives comedy, and it's smart that you went in going, yeah, comedy is a is a writing career because I think the best writers came from a basis like that, not like silly kids that were like, oh, I'm just going to be a funny guy and write, you know. How many people are writing for the Lampoon at the time? Um, In my class, there were probably maybe seven or eight writers. Oh, wow. You know, so it's, but it ranges, you know, anywhere from, you know, we were sort of a smaller class just, I think, by circumstance. Right. And, you know, you could have a class of maybe 12, 15, 16 writers, um, you know, in, in a group. And then there's there's an art staff and a business staff, yeah. which is, um, they like sell ads for the magazine, and which to me probably makes them the uh, greatest business people in the world because they're selling ads for a collegiate magazine that sure. literally no one reads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true, right? What, right. what was the biggest thing that you did for the Lampoon that you look back on and you're like, wow, I did that. I was most proud of that. Um, you know, I was uh, a a little lazy as a staff member, <laughs> being being totally candid. I you know I I didn't write a ton of stuff. You know I was just kind of like very happy to be there. I probably should have written more, not really realizing the opportunity that you have at the time where you're just like with your friends and can just kind of write whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know I think it. Uh, the, the thing that it trains you for the most, which is is sort of the thing, I don't know if I'm most proud of, but the thing that's been, you know, sort of most important in my career, but also to some extent in my life, is it it hopefully trains you to have good judgment, mm-hmm. which is something that's, that is a hard-won aspect of anybody. I mean, you know, you guys are stand-ups, you're performers, you know this, that you probably, I assume, learn as much from a totally silent room as from a room where you're killing. Right, you know? yeah. And so you sort of learn that in a, you know, a difficult way with the people who are like your friends, who if you like come in with like a bad joke, people will just stone face you, you know? No one is, is giving out laughs for charity. And it, yeah. It, 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 There's just a higher standard, I assume, especially What's on, killing? Campus what, what is that, killing? <laughs> Don't look at Gary. Oh, okay. <laughs> but there's David. There's no. There's no deadlines for you. There's no like, hey, we need a, a certain amount of of content from you by a certain date. It's it's. It sounds like the the it's, atmosphere is very loosey goosey. It's, it's pretty loose. I mean, you know, and I think, um, you know, we had a very irregular publishing schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's there's some aspects of that that have maybe changed. Um, I think that just. A younger generation of people are a little more motivated and focused than maybe we were. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you you know, someone would announce an issue theme, and then you'd have like, in some cases, like six to nine months to write like one piece for it. Wow, you know, it would just it was very mm. you know, and that was sounds like of, my kind of school. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> yeah, and that's that's part of just I think the the culture of my time I yeah. think there's probably been more productive periods and you know but but I think when you're immersed with all those other folks and you know everybody's you know you're pitching those jokes and you know there is that high standard I think even if you have your project you're still immersed and around the environment of of comedy and absolutely yeah for sure that's the yeah, just, curve. just yeah. sort of hanging out you know and that's that's um just spending time there and being around really funny, tough people is is 
will improve your writing. Yeah. Even if you're not actually writing. What? Well, oh, sorry. And then what brings you from New York to LA? Like, what's how, how does that transition happen? The, the short answer is my wife, um, who's also a very talented writer who I know from Dr. Ken. Yes, my wife Hillary Winston. Yep. Who's a, a very talented uh, comedy writer. And we actually met at the wedding of a Lampoon person who oh, wow. I know from the Lampoon and she knows from uh, out here and being a writer. And so that was the immediate thing that, you know, got me out here. She was living in L.A. She's living in L.A. I was living in New York. Okay. And, um, you know, I had always, you know, I'd, I'd wanted to be a writer and work in this business and sort of had never taking the the steps to do it. You know, it was always kind of in the back of my mind, oh, like, you know, I'll write something and then I'll just burst onto the scene. And I've got six or nine months to work on getting on the scene. Yeah, I have, yeah. I have six <laughs> to nine months to write a 200-word list piece. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and I, I, I'd never really sort of stepped up to the plate, you know? And right. I'm saying that as I saw a lot of my friends like Colin who'd started right away mm -hmm. and worked really hard and you know I, I realized I admired and envied their careers and you know got to a point where I was like I, I gotta give this a shot and um, you know it sort of just got pushed along for me in a in a very fortuitous I way. I do want to ask you this real quick because I mean you mentioned your wife Hillary and I mean she's got like a stacked resume I mean she's been writing forever network television shows pilot uh, right now pilot right now is it tough being married to somebody who is more successful you know what i mean yeah i mean i mean, it, I mean not to say that you're not no, no, but course. you know what it's just, what you said <laughs> gary no, shut, the <laughs> <up>. <laughs> shut the fuck up shut the fuck up that is gary. what you said by almost any <laughs> your words <laughs> sorry about by almost any metric she's far more successful than i am <laughs> I, I think than uh, most than most people in hollywood yeah. i mean considering her resume she's unbelievable what a talent yeah i mean it's you know when i first moved out here um, and was not working at all, mm -hmm. it was challenging in just that, like, we were just at such different places. What like, was she working on at the time? She was writing for Happy Endings okay. when I first moved out That's here. That's when I met you guys. She yeah. was working on Happy Endings. Yeah. yeah. And she was, you know, um, was sell she selling pilots and shooting pilots and just really, you know... Um, had just sort of made that next step in her career where she was going from, you know, a really valuable writer on a lot of staffs to someone who was going to be creating her own shows. David had an amazing tan. Amazing. Yeah. His fantasy baseball team was killing it that year. I watched a lot of baseball. Yeah. Was she a groundling? Was your, was she you, took classes at Groundlings, okay. yeah, and I think she sort of um, went along that path and then sort of really decided to focus on writing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, you know, but it's she's she's been like a source of great wisdom for me. You right. know, she's uh, very smart. She's very funny. She's very talented. She's the hardest working person I've met mm -hmm. in, you know, like she literally works like her life depends on it. You know, right. it's really... Um, that probably more than anything was the, uh, the, the aspect of her and our relationship that was most intimidating was, you know, her, she really treat, she was the first person I really saw who treated writing like 
a job. Mm -hmm. This is my job. Being funny is my job. Writing funny scripts is my job. Writing good jokes is my job. Breaking good stories is my job. And, you know, I think there would always, I'd always sort of seen comedy writing is almost, is not that you didn't have to work hard, but that, you know, there's, there's something about it being effortless. You want it mm -hmm. to look effortless. And then I, I sort of realized that's just like kind of a immature affectation. You right. Know, to say, that's what a lot of comics have. They think I think that comics don't submit pilots or samples because it's too much work. It's it's like story. Sure. It's not yeah. just jokes. So comics go screw it. I'm just going to go on stage at an open mic and live an average life. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure you guys see in stand up. There's a lot of people who are really funny, and then just don't put in the hours. And then Gary. you know. <laughs> By the way, I think Steve's life is above average. <laughs> and I will say- Gary we, doesn't put in the minutes. <laughs> we did ask Hillary to do the podcast, and she's like, I don't have time for that shit. <laughs> so she said, ask my husband. Yeah. <laughs> He'll come in. You're going to have my two and a half year old on next week. Um, He'll talk. But, you know, I think that's, yeah, I mean, you probably see people who are like, have a lot of natural talent and charisma and get yeah. on stage- and can't take it to that next level and don't want to put themselves through the paces to get there. And I think you see the same thing in writing. And she really, um, you know, realizing like, oh, this is going to be really hard. Mm -hmm. Like no one is sitting in Hollywood being like, <gasps> David's here. You know, right, yeah. like it was, you really have to work for everything and you got to work hard and you got to take a lot of rejection and a lot of, you know, you had to write a lot of stuff that you're going to throw out and mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that you're not going to throw out, but someone else is going to throw out for you because they tell you it's not <laughs> right. good, you know, and just how much you kind of have to keep at it. And that's, you know, that's something that like I still am sort of inspired by just watching her. I mean, it's, it's, it's impressive. I, I, if I had half her work ethic, I'd be the second hardest working person. Writing's mm -hmm. almost like the guy on Hollywood Boulevard with all those flyers but all those flyers are scripts, and you're yeah. just constantly passing them out. Maybe one personal, end up going to the gig or whatever. But but now you're at the helm. You're you're one of the writers out on another period. Mm -hmm. And how yes. did you get that gig? And how's it been this season? The season uh, we just wrapped uh, production last week. We had Steve on as one of our uh, <laughs> guest stars this year. It was great. We have um, amazing comedy people for we come in for really everything, which is is really a testament to. Uh, our show's stars and creators, Natasha Leggero and Ricky Lindholm, who just kind of seem to know everyone in comedy. Yeah. And, you know, it, it adds such a richness to the show that, like, everyone we get for every part can really hold their own. Um, so, yeah, we just wrapped season three. Um, and I, I came to that show. I'd worked with a guy, actually a stand-up named Dan Mintz. Oh, sure. Yeah, um, yeah, of course, yeah. And I'd worked for him at The Awesomes. Mm -hmm. which was a uh, Hulu show, a Hulu animated show that Seth Meyers and Mike Shoemaker had created. And Dan had hired me to work on that show. And um, then he knows, I guess, Ricky and Natasha just from you know the comedy world, and they were looking for yeah. new writers for this uh, season we just shot. Yeah. And uh, you know he recommended me, and you know I met with them, and they brought me on. What was what was the first big show that you did out here? When you move in, you move out to L.A. What's kind of the first big break where you're like, oh wow, this is going to lead to something, or could be something? The first big? the first uh, break is I wrote um, an episode of The League, sure, with oh, uh, Jeff and Jackie Schaefer. Mm -hmm. Jeff is a uh, also a Lampoon guy. Oh, that's uh, great. Yeah, and he is, um, you know, he's. 
someone who's worked with like you know Sasha Baron Cohen, Larry David, obviously yeah. Seinfeld, and the League, and you know I'd um, you know when I first moved out here. I ran into him and, you know, we'd met sort of casually once or twice before. I sent him something I'd written. He said, you know, why don't you come? Sometimes we do these tables and, you know, I started doing those. And then the next year he asked, you know, if I wanted to write an episode with him and Jackie, who's his wife and partner on the show. Yeah. And, you know, that was the, that was like the first time I was like, oh, like I'm getting paid to do this. Mm -hmm. This is like a, an a actual thing that's going to be on television. And uh, that was really great. And I wrote another episode with them the following season. And um, around then is when I went to work on The Awesomes. Dan hired me. And so, yeah. Is that something you and Hillary have discussed? Maybe doing, you know, a show together? Collaborating writing, Collaborating together? Or, or are you guys just kind of doing your own thing for now? Or is it down the road? Or? You know, we're, we're, um, we're doing our own thing for now. I mean, I think that there are, you know, like... Um, I don't know if we would collaborate. I think yeah. we would like help each other on one of our own projects. Mm -hmm. You know, I think like we're still sort of there, you know, just different stages in our experience figuring out, you know, I'm certainly sort of still figuring out my own path. Um, and, you know, I think we would, I would work on something she wrote and maybe she would chip in on something I wrote. If I probably, anything I wrote, we probably cannot afford her. Yeah, but I she could have, she could certainly afford me. Yeah, so. sounds like separate bank accounts well, right now. It would now. be funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, David signed to, a prenup. <laughs> if you had to broker that with your wife through an agent or manager, like yeah, we'll have your agent, you know, have your agent send some <laughs> right. and I'll take yeah, a right. look at it. We have the, we have, crazy. The, we have the same agent. So oh, yeah, okay. okay, there you, you go. Know, we'll see. We'll see who gets the better end of the deal. Yeah. Probably her. Yeah, because <laughs> I always wondered that because you guys are both successful writers, but I always wondered, you know, just dating a comic or getting married to a comic, is there that you? know obviously you said no but i just wondered it's always got to be a little bit competitive or maybe there's just some jealousy there when you see somebody getting you know your your if your wife wins an emmy or like you know what i'm saying it just it, it, but i guess you guys seem to have this you know very even keeled great relationship where it doesn't affect it's, you guys it's it's lucky and you know it, it's funny it's when we you know when we first met um she had sort of the like all of our common friends were like, oh, she's really funny. And these are like pretty tough, a pretty tough audience. Yeah. And it was funny because it was one of those things where I was like, this is like, she must actually be really funny, you know, because yeah. we met and I thought she was very funny. And it's been, you know, I think we have, I certainly respect her, mm -hmm. you know, um, I think she respects me. You laughed at, you know. Hold on, I have a text message. You know. <laughs> um, I mean, I know she thinks I leave, you know, glasses too close to the edge of the counter, and, you know, <laughs> things like that. But um, yeah, it's it's. I, I I feel fortunate that we've sort of been able to navigate that aspect of it. You know, yeah. like um, I I maybe it would have been harder if we were coming up. At the same time, sure, right? You know, and competing in this, but we're just in different places in our careers, and we can sort of just be each other's, excuse me, biggest fans. Yeah, this is well, one of the things we talked about before we went on the air. Mm -hmm. Is something that's very big right now right, right, here yeah. in LA. Uh -huh. Is the writer strike? Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it's, it's looming. The, yes. the yeah. potential I'll of a writer's strike. I'll be available for this podcast every day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hillary's coming and joining us. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you'll have your you'll have your choice of every writer in Hollywood. Well, because it's interesting. There was a big writer strike years ago that mm-hmm. lasted for months and months and months. Yeah. And we were talking about that. Now would be a great time to work on Sullivan Son. They had no writers. So I'm asking you, Jerry. <laughs> well, you didn't. It was all improv. Uh, not good improv. Uh, what do you? <laughs> Rum Springer. Shut Listen, up. What, what, what's your take on it? I mean, obviously, you guys are in the heart of what's going on. You know more than most people do because you guys are actually writing. Uh, what's your take on it? Do you think it's going to get solved before the deadline date? I really hope so. I mean, I think I think everyone hopes so. I think yeah. nobody wants to go on strike. It doesn't doesn't. Um, you know, I was not a writer during the last strike, so I didn't really go through it, but. I know it was a real hardship for a lot of people for yeah. a long time, and you know, um, you know, some people I think feel like it had ripple effects that sort of affected their whole career. So it's, I think it's certainly not anything that any writer is approaching lightly. Right. Because I mean, the, the bulk of it is the writers want more money for a lot of the residuals that they're not getting paid on. Is that correct? Is that? I, I think that's one of the the factors. I think they're. Um, you know, as, as I understand it, there are there are just sort of all sorts of different factors. You know, from the studio's contributions to our sort of the health fund, you know, which is sort of a, a very technical issue, but I think is is sort of a, an important one mm-hmm. um, because there's like different types of work that are not eligible for the the sort of same contributions. But I think that the the bigger side of it is just you know the um, the business has changed, and you know there's some, I think, aspects of the uh, business relationship between not just writers but directors and actors, and you know everyone who's creating and producing the content with, you know, the people who are paying for it. Right. Um, needs to kind of catch up with with the shit. I mean, ten years ago, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, they these. They didn't bar- exist. They didn't exist. Yeah. Or, or barely. I think Netflix had just started and was still, you know, mailing you DVDs. Yeah. yeah. You know, a very different business. So I think that it's just trying to kind of, you know, as I understand it, catch up. Right. You know, make the relationship kind of catch up with the business. But the studio's angle, as it always will be, that they're not making money. Right, and they don't want to give up any pieces of the pie that they already have. Correct. Yeah, I mean, as, I mean, as again, as I understand it, you know, last year was their most profitable year ever. They made fifty-one billion dollars in profit mm-hmm. among the six studios that are part of the, uh, you know, the other the APMTP. Right. And then, you know, that's that sounds pretty good. Well, I do know that TBS is still trying to recover from the three seasons they lost Gary. money on Sullivan. So Gary. said that that's Gary. never going to happen. Just shut the Baseball fuck. playoffs. <laughs> Big Bang Theory repeats. But but it did like that that, that those the, the months and months went on when people were losing a lot of money because they couldn't work. Yeah, I just that that strike went on for a lot longer than I thought it would. Yeah, I think I I think no one wants the strike. I mean, I think no one wants the strike, but I think that, um, you know. People do feel like, you know, we are in in a period of there's people love TV, people love movies, yeah. there's a lot of great yeah. stuff being created, and, you know, I think people just want to feel like there's a fair structure. Is the word on the street that it's going to be an amicable, negoci- amicable negotiations, or does it seem like it's maybe brewing towards uh, something contentious? 
That I really don't. I I don't know. I yeah. don't know sort of what the situation is. Because it, is it weeks away? Is that what it is right now? I think or the, months. The contract, our contract expires on May first. So I think that you oh, know okay. they're yeah, this is they're the negotiating committee and the lawyers are all. Are, are you know, is he allowed to tell the audience what his current show is about, or is that not? It's about labor relations. <laughs> another period. Uh, yeah. No. Um, another period uh, is... AFL-CIO, uh, Samuel Gomper. <laughs> um, another period takes place... Uh, the current season is going to take place in 1904, um, and it is about a wealthy sort of low-class family, the Bellacourts, mm-hmm. um, and the... These two sisters, uh, Lillian and Beatrice, played by uh, Natasha and Ricky, uh, who desperately want to be famous, um, and you know it's it's sort of shot documentary style, yeah, um, in the style of kind of a modern day reality show, and you know they we we have, uh, you know we play around a lot with. Um, sort of period comedy, some of the comedy of the time. Uh, we play around with some sort of satire where you sort of see like, oh, like this is satirical for 1904, but this is actually something that still is going on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we get to have sort of fun uh, guest stars playing all sorts of historical figures. We have Harry Houdini. We have a, a nine-year-old Adolf Hitler. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Uh, that's fun. We have... A uh, nine-year-old Adolf Hitler? Yes. Uh, oh, that's right, because 1906. Yeah, yeah. 1906. We have uh, Steve Byrne as the uh, dealer in an illegal gambling parlor. Yes, it's a Chinese <laughs> gambling parlor. <laughs> There's an Asian angle to this. Um, Does it take place in New York, or where, where would it take It takes place in Newport, Rhode Newport, Island. Rhode Island. Yeah. Well, it's 1904. I assume Steve did Sausage Party. Okay. Well, <laughs> Gary, what is the biggest surprise uh, coming into the show that you witnessed uh, through working with Natasha and, and Ricky? Biggest surprise. That's a great question. Um, you know, I think that I, I was, I was very. You know, they they write so much of the show mm-hmm. and they star in the show. I was amazed at how much they sort of were able to keep in their heads. Well, girls are smart. That's true. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. Women are very smart. Um, and, you know, I think that it was, they they have a really nice balance of, you know, they're both such, like, sort of strong, hard joke comedy performers that mm. they really always, you know, even till minutes before we were shooting, which I'm sure you, sure you saw, right. um, what is the funniest possible thing that we can do at this moment, you know, and sort of balancing that with having, not selling out your characters, Mm -hmm. not selling out your story, um, you know, that, that was fun to be able to do that. I mean, that's, that's, I think for a lot of writers, like that's a dream. You're just every, you're always just trying to top yourself and top the, you know, the people you're writing with and, uh, you know, writing with people who are such strong joke writers Mm -hmm. is, is great. I, I love it. And you're also cutting the show, is that correct? We're you're helping to edit. I'm, I'm, the show, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pitching in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm just sort of, uh, you know, trying to just, you know, we're we're helpful, mm-hmm. sort of, you know, say, okay, I think this is, you know, should we cut this? Should we cut that? Just, you know, to have a voice in there. I was there throughout the writing and, you know, on set. So I think it's just having an, sort of an extra voice. Yeah. What is pie in the sky for you? 
Like, what is, do you have an idea brewing in the back of your head that you've just not put pen to paper yet on? Or is there is there a particular show that you, you absolutely yeah. want to try to work on? What Ultimate is, dream writing gig. Yeah. Well, right now, I hope that we get a, a fourth season of sure. another period. I mean, yeah. that's, that's it was it was a really great experience. Um, you know, I, I as I was saying, I, you know, I it's really fun to work with people who are comedians, mm-hmm. truthfully, who really care about funny jokes. And you, you took the day off when Steve got there. Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, David. Keep going. Um you know, so that's 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 I found something that I really enjoy uh, for myself is you you know I I think there's the purpose of a, a comedy television show should be to be funny yeah. ultimately I think and I I think there's a lot of great TV on but I think it's harder to make really funny TV and it's been really yeah. great to work on a show where we're trying to make really funny TV mm-hmm. and. You know, so I, I, you know, I'm sort of still just putting one foot in front of the next. So for me, it's like, you know, I, I hope we get another season. I, you know, I, I, uh, you know, hope to go back to that and we can all do it again. It was really fun to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, yeah, that's, that's sort of. When will you know if it gets picked up? That I don't know. I mean, the show, I think in, in the last couple seasons has been picked up right, um, Around the time it premieres, okay. I think we're scheduled to premiere in July. Wow, um, it'd be great if it was sooner than that. You know, I've I have no idea what, uh, you know, like the metrics that Comedy Central looks for, what's important to them. Um, but I think I, I mean I feel very proud of the work we did this season. I think it's people are really going to like the show. I think it's really funny. I think we do have some great satire. I think we have good stories, mm-hmm. great guest stars. You know, I think it's going to be a really strong season. So. And let's, uh, I guess, keep our fingers crossed that the writer strike doesn't happen, and yeah, and keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah, just keep keep working, and and that's what I admire about this guy. I mean, you can't lose money if you ain't making it. Gary, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> our special guest today, <laughs> David Parker. Yes, another period. Yeah, season three premiering in July. Yes. Fingers crossed for a fourth season. And thank you for reaching out and having me on. It was such a great experience and an incredibly warm set. And Natasha, Ricky, so hands-on. They couldn't have been sweeter. And Natasha, you think you're a comic, you're, you know, you're goofing off. I mean, this girl is like rehearsing her lines constantly over and over and over. Yeah, it's really Yeah, Yeah. I I was blown away at her professionalism and just how like you said, hands-on she was with jokes and everything. Um so, congrats on the show, man. Congrats, thank you, David. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Also, Please, thank you so much for having me. For coming by, yeah. I know you're being very shy about it, Steve, but we're excited here for you. Oh, and okay. this Friday, <laughs> tell a damn joke. Tell the damn joke. Tell. Anyway, it's Gary. premiering on, <laughs> fucking asshole. on Cinemax. Showtime. Gary. I'm sorry. Showtime, <laughs> Friday, 9 o'clock. Tell the damn joke. Uh, go to showtime.com. You can get a free 30 day trial. And you can watch the show. Gary actually uh, yes. warmed up the crowd for I me, did. So. I did. It was a lot of fun. We shot that back last year in February. Once again, not Chicago. on camera. So thank That's you. That's all right. Appreciate That's all right. That. I always like to work in comedy. So I will tell you. Tell the damn joke this Friday on Showtime. I'm proud of you. Thank we you. bust balls, but I'm very happy to see the Showtime special coming to fruition this week. I think it looks great. I think a lot of people are going to love it. I know that you're really happy with it. So 
I'm very yeah. proud of you. Thank you very much. Thanks for being a part of it. We got to thank our new partner in crime over here, cousin Patrick Oliver, Keen, color, <laughs> cousin Oliver, you and know, definitely Ted McGinley was uh, he was the, the jump the shark for two different shows. He was on Happy Married Days, with Children Happy and Days, Married with yeah, Children, yeah. Wow. and he was on Sullivan and Son. Oh, he was, was? Huh? yeah. He was on the second season. Yeah. Oh wow! Still wow, wow. looks the same, by the way. He does look exactly the same. Handsome man, yeah. great hair. He's a good-looking guy. Yeah. Whoa, 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 He's, whoa, whoa. Okay. Sorry, uh, David. Thank you so much thank for coming. You, David. In. We yeah. got to have you back in again. Anytime. All right. Congrats to your wife, too. Thank you. Yeah. Good luck on her pilot. Thank you. All right, gentlemen's <laughs> dojo. Uh, Citizen at Citizen Keen yes. at Canon Comedy. Where yes. can people find you? Uh. I'm not on sunbathing. Twitter. Yeah, sunbathing. <laughs> He's watching the Mets. I'm watching the of Mets. Of course. Yeah. You can find me watching the Mets on MLB TV. <laughs> it's a good life. It's a good life. Gentlemen's Dojo, thanks for listening. <laughs>